Welcome, Campo and Joe, ready to fire off another podcast, Facebook Live, or anywhere you check in on 1010XL social channels. Appreciate you listening. Joe C. from XL Primetime, Coach Dave Campo, ready to rock and roll. We say thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. We're going we're gonna to try and wow you for the next 30 minutes. They can wow you anytime you drive onto the lot or you log on to beaverchevrolet.com. We say thanks to Brett and the boys for bringing you Coach Campo and a little Campo and Joe. I thought we were going to be talking about another W, Coach. Here we are. We got the L. Yeah, uh, you know, obviously uh, it's Not great. Good. It's great to be here, but at the same time, it's uh, kind of bittersweet because unfortunately we didn't get it done, and that, and that's a shame. Now you and I, we both looked at this game. I don't think we were over the top. We were looking at this game as a winnable game, stopping the streak. They had lost eight games in a row to a to a not to a terrible Texans team. Let's be real. How does it keep happening to this football team losing to that football team? Well, first of all, you know, uh, obviously, I don't think we were over the top thinking that we might have a better ball club yeah. going into the game. But you know, the NFL, Joe, you know how it is. Uh, you know, you can have a team, uh, you know, beat somebody 24 to nothing and then have the next game be the exact opposite. That's yeah. the way the league is built, you know. And, and the one thing about our football team, uh, unfortunately, it's disappointing that we didn't win the game. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of reasons we didn't win the game. But I really believe that this team will be close in every game. Okay. And we just have to learn how to score in the red zone and how to finish. And that's mm-hmm. that's going to be the key to how we do the rest of the way through. I'm trying to give you an, an analogy that makes sense, but this was a bad football team for quite a long time. We all know that. We've been through all – if you're a Jaguar fan, you've been through all the disasters. And they just came out of driver's ed, this new team. They just got their driver's license. They barely got it up to speed for a few games. And now we just thought they were going to plow through the rest of the competition. This is just barely getting back to being a competitive football team. I'm not trying to sugarcoat what happened, but that is kind of what, what it is. It's absolutely what it is. They've just run into a snowstorm and it, mm-hmm. and it slowed them down a little yeah. bit. Now that doesn't mean that they can't put the chains on mm-hmm. and go forward. Yeah. Uh, and I think that's what has to happen. I think they have to look at the football team and say, "Look, here's our strengths." And and you know, after the after the fifth ball game, you know what your strengths and weaknesses mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. You know, and you have to look at it and say, "Okay, this is how they're going to approach us because of our weaknesses. Here's how we're going to approach them with their weaknesses." And and they have to come to a, a an agreement on the best message to go forward. Right. And I, I think this coaching staff is a good enough one to do that. All right. I, I, we're going to focus on the game. We're still going to look ahead a little bit, but let's just focus on the essentials of what led to the loss, because you and I are both watching this game as it unfolds. There were big chunk plays from the offense early, then it stalled. They were able to get in the end zone, but they weren't able to get down in the red zone and be effective enough in a, in a game that that the Houston Texans had not won up until this point. So let's go through some of the eyesores that you see from the game plan, just from the overall result. Well, first of all, the Texans were about as simple as you could get on defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they were a, a, what we call a Tampa 2 or mm-hmm. a 2 middle, we mm-hmm. called it where they're, you know, rerouting receivers on the outside and the inside guys are rerouting and sinking back into into the middle uh areas uh and and you know they did a pretty good job of of doing that uh defensively 
because they played well. Mm-hmm. You know, they 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 knew some of the routes that were coming and they handled them. Our offense, the way you attack it, obviously, is you don't try for the the big plays unless you go down the middle with it. Right. And and we did. We hit some middle throws, uh, and in critical situation, we didn't hit it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the way you attack it is to run the football and to take the profit, mm-hmm. dumping the ball down, let some guys make some plays with their feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we forced the ball a little too much at times, uh, you know, throwing it. And and again, we got off to a pretty darn good shot with ETN. Mm-hmm. Uh, good sh- start oh with gosh. that, yeah. and we didn't continue it in the second half. So, yeah. you know, there's some things that from a coaching staff we have to look at and say, hey, uh, we should have probably run the ball a little bit more. Yeah. The quarterback needs to not co- force the football in that situation. Mm-hmm. Patience is a virtue, yeah. and they have to be able to, you know, to, we have to be able to dunk the ball down at times. And we didn't do enough of that. Yeah, I, I got a bunch of T's written down here. I got Travis. <laughs> Travis. I got Trevor. I got Travis. I got Trayvon. And I got touchdowns. So we're going to try and get through all of them. But let's start with Trevor, because that is the biggest question. Anyone tuning into this podcast, anyone going to a watering hole, anyone having a conversation about the Jaguars, they're frustrated or they can't figure out what's going on with Trevor. So from a head coach's point of view, give us... Maybe give us an idea of what he's going through, and then we'll maybe get to the the positives after that. Okay. Well, the 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 negatives obviously is that uh, he's not making plays at critical times mm-hmm. in the games we've lost. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's fumbles and 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 you know interceptions, right? Uh, interception in both games. Yeah. Uh, you know, though that's a concern because. If you're going to be really good, it comes down to four or five plays, and you got to make those mm-hmm. plays when you have the opportunity. He's not doing that yet. The one thing he is doing is that he's moving the ball between the 20 and the 20, mm-hmm. and he hit some, you know, uh, he made some progress, yeah. Joe. He, you know, he ran the ball when, when he had to run it. Mm-hmm. He stepped up in the pocket, which he wasn't doing early in the, in the uh, season. And ripped some balls in, some mm-hmm. good throws into the intermediate areas. Uh, and, you know, those are the things that he has to do to, to continue to get better. Where there should be concern with him is what happens when the ball gets, you know, the 20 and the 20 is great. But mm-hmm. when it gets inside the 20, you know, that's where you get the touchdowns the majority of the time. Especially against a team like Houston that wasn't going to give up the big play. Right. You know, so you have to be able to execute when you get in there, and and he didn't do that very well. He, he just made some bad decisions. Yeah, it, it's funny because I, I I I know that most of what people are going to be frustrated by is the play of Trevor, and you can't get away from the fact that he has coughed the football up seven times in two ball games. That is a terrible trend. If you go from last week, I asked you probably right here on this podcast. What did you think of what Doug Peterson said about Trevor's play against Philadelphia when he had five turnovers? He said, you hope it's just a, you know, a blip on the radar. Right. Well, he follows that with some crucial mistakes, in particular the one in the red zone. And then obviously he threw it away late as well when they were trying to tie the game up. So now, as a head coach, how do you get back in that meeting room or, or throw the tape on and 
and start to force him into making some some timely, critical decisions? Well, first of all, I, I heard on the text line a number of times on the shows mm-hmm. all the way through today, mm-hmm. you know, about the fact that he wasn't, uh, you know, the critical situations weren't weren't being done. Mm-hmm. And, you know, yeah. And and is he any good? Is he is he going to be? <laughs> He's not generational going forward. Yeah, yeah. He's not generational. <laughs> He's this and that. But you have to as a as a coach. Uh, you know, I heard one of them say, "Does he jump all over him and and you know give him the business?" Right. You don't. You look at the positives first. The positives are what he did between the twenty and the twenty, mm-hmm. and he made some really good progress. The negatives, you just have to tell him that he has to just play ball and don't overthink it, that you have to make a throw here, or Mm -hmm. you have to get the ball in the back of the end zone, or you have to get it to Kirk. You know, the one uh, down the middle uh, in one of the drives Mm -hmm. that was critical where the nickelback got up underneath it, and and he threw it right on the tips of of the fingers because right. it was such a tight window. Mm-hmm. The under route to the corner to the wide receiver was wide open for a first down. It was on the fourth and three. Right. So, you know, you don't have to make that throw. You don't have to hit the big play there. Mm-hmm. Take the profit and get the ball where it needs to be gotten. Mm-hmm. And Trevor's smart enough mm-hmm. to do that. And he just has to play within himself. Yeah. I love the take the profit line because that is something that maybe sometimes quarterbacks have a difficult time uh, realizing because they want to go for the deep shot. They want the the the, the quick score or the big score. Uh, but we had Aaron Beasley on, former Jaguar. He was on XL Primetime. And he tells a great story about how if you get into your film study, your tape study, and you really start to look at uh, quarterback's tendencies, you can pick up on certain things. He felt like when he was watching the game, he was back with Alumni Weekend with Big Surce and all the other ones. He said he's watching – Trevor, and he's saying his eyes weren't moving, that he's not taking a safety to one side of the field with his eyes and then redirecting over here. Is that a concern? Well, that's a concern because on the interception, he never saw the corner. No. The corner sunk back. He was looking at the crossing route all the way, Mm -hmm. and the crossing route actually came open. The problem was there was another guy sitting outside and he threw it right to him Mm -hmm. because he was leading him. You know, that is a concern. But I still look at that from the standpoint that he didn't have much issues with that on the college level. Right. Here in the pros, you know, it's going to be tight windows and your eyes have to move guys. And that's something, you know, when you go to college. And I'm going to use this as an example. When mm-hmm. you go to college, you have 101 courses when you mm-hmm. first get there. Then right. you go to 201 courses, then 301. I never made it past 301. Yeah, well, <laughs> I, I didn't either. So, I mean, but I know that there's a 501 out there for yeah. some people. Yeah. And to be to win in the NFL, you have to be 501. Mm-hmm. And it you get that with experience and continuing to. To go, Doug Peterson made a comment that I thought was interesting. First of all, I didn't think they ran the ball enough in this ball game. I, I agree, and that's been a little bit of a trend. But he made the comment in the development of this quarterback: mm-hmm. you just got to keep throwing, right? Keep throwing it, and, and, and he'll learn. He's got to move the the, the safety, or else, and you got to move an underneath the linebacker because those eyes are so quick and so 
if they're reading his eyes, they're going to be around that football, and you don't want them around the ball when you throw the ball. No, and it really it does come down to, okay, as Doug Peterson's probably going through the tape, going, where do I zero in on the most crucial thing that I need to fix right now? If he fixes one thing, it may open the door for a few other things. And I, and Peterson's a smart guy. He's played the position. So I would think, and I, I, I guess I'm caught in the middle, Coach. Does he does he treat him with kid gloves or does he coach him hard right now? Maybe somewhere in the middle. But Trevor had lesser defenses that he was successful against in college. That's not the same deal in the NFL. Right. And, and the way I look at that, Joe, is this. Uh, I don't know Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. but I've read a lot about him. Mm-hmm. And I think he will be self-critical. I think he is one of those guys that will look at the tape and say, look, I never should have done that. Here's what I can do to get better. Mm-hmm. So from a coaching standpoint, I believe you have to treat him with kid gloves okay. from the standpoint of one of the most important things is going to be his confidence. And as long as the head coach and Press Taylor, the offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and and McCoy, the quarterback coach, as long as they're positive with him that here's what you you need to tell him what he needs to do. Right. But at the same time, they've got to they've got to come across with a, a confidence. You've got all the tools. Mm-hmm. Here's what you need to do. And I believe he'll be self-critical enough mm-hmm. to be able to fix things on his own. Yeah. And I think that's the way you approach him. Now, when you're approaching a D lineman mm-hmm. or or a, or a DB, because, uh, you know, I if I didn't get in an argument with James uh, uh, Washington or Washington, the yeah. safety, yeah. Yeah. how do you know hey. James Washington? Yeah, I remember that guy. That's back pretty in the good. Day. That's yeah. my guy. Yeah. Uh, if I didn't get in an argument with James Washington on the sideline in yeah. every ball game, things weren't going well. <laughs> you know, you treat a guy like that differently. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's a different position. It's a different mindset. The quarterback has got to be pristine mm-hmm. in what he does. So yeah. I believe that they will coach him mm-hmm. with the idea that we have confidence in you. Here's what we're going to do. We're not going to dumb this thing down because your development is important. Yeah. The thing that's got they've got to be careful of, though, Joe, is not putting his development all the way ahead of the team development because okay. you don't want to lose the team. Right, right. So it's a fine line oh, yes. you know, in how you do it. Yeah. And when you're in a meeting, the other players have to hear you when you're in a defensive meeting watching a film. Mm-hmm. They have to hear you say, Trevor, that was a bad decision. Right. You know, but uh, if you had made this decision, we would have been in great shape mm-hmm. okay. and we would have scored that touchdown right. inside the 20 or whatever it is. It really is a great way to put it because uh, he is he doesn't need to be coddled. He doesn't need to be uh, in a situation where he doesn't get called out for anything. But you do have to figure out it's just like Phil Jackson managing Michael Jordan versus Dennis Rodman. Two totally different personalities. Absolutely. Two totally different skill sets. You don't coach them both the exact same way. Let's get to the run game. And I went from Trevor to Travis. Travis Etienne busts off two big plays. It took him less than three plays to get from the three yard line past midfield. That stuff doesn't happen in Jaguar land very often. So we're talking about a dynamic cat in ETN, but they just didn't give him enough touches, particularly in the second half. Yeah, he didn't get the ball hardly at all in the second half. Yeah. I don't know how many carries he had over there, but it wasn't, uh, 
you know, and commiserate with what he did in the first half. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, I, again, uh, you know, Doug has said it himself that, you know, he he might have not utilized the right. running game enough in a couple right. ball games. And and to me So now that's two ball games. Yeah. And and part of the problem is you got two running backs mm-hmm. that that you you know you you feel like should get touches. And sometimes you know you don't I've said this before, someone has to tell them, "Hey, you know, right. You know, it, it you know, a head coach has got a lot of things on his mind mm-hmm. including calling the game." as well as game management and all the things that go into it, mm-hmm. uh, there has to be a, 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 a tightness of the staff to be mm-hmm. able to say, Doug, you know, we need to get uh, number one yeah, the ball a little exactly. bit more. Yeah. And I think they will go with the hot hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think they'll try to get early in the uh, the game, mm-hmm. get both quarterback, uh, both running backs some touches, but then they'll go with a hot hand. Well, they needed to go. When you're playing cover two every down, you have to be able to run yeah. the ball. Yeah. And that's really – Lovey Smith, I call him the defensive Santa. He's got that big, beautiful beard. Right. And he did a nice job of keeping everything in front of them. And if Doug Peterson – yeah. I think sports radio, it's in our Bible that says we can second-guess the coach, even with coach right Absolutely. here. Absolutely, and yeah. I have to be careful with that. <laughs> and I can't help but agree with you that you know a few more run plays might have done a, a few more things, but also Trevor choosing to make some better throws might have done more things. Yeah. Um, defensively, Trayvon Walker, and, and look, this is a rookie that jumps offsides. He would have been called for offsides. But he goes beyond that. He hits the quarterback when the when the play's been whistled dead. He gets called for a personal foul. Keeps a drive alive. They go down. They basically get the game-winning touchdown. Uh, how hot are you after that? Or how do you manage that situation? Well, I'm going after him a little bit on that yeah. one because that's just uh, lack of common sense. Mm-hmm. You know, in that situation, first of all, you know, he's a young guy. He's not used to the all the rules. Mm-hmm. But that's one I'm sure has been... Sure. Uh, drummed into them that, mm-hmm. that, you know, they're looking at roughing the passer. Right. Uh, you don't do what he did right there unless you're frustrated. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's interesting. What you do you might think hit the guy, right. push him down, but you don't take him and fling him on the ground yeah. unless you're frustrated with what's been going on. Yeah. So he has to be calmed down a little bit and, and he has to understand that it's not about him. Right. It's about. The okay. team, so and that's big. So develop that theory a little bit more, because that's interesting you're saying that, because his post-game interview, a lot of short one-word answers, he sounded like he was ticked off. Yeah. Uh, it, do you think he's frustrated by where he's being played, frustrated by not being successful against uh, better competition? What do you think it is? Well, I think it's a little bit of, of frustration about mm-hmm. not making a bunch of plays mm-hmm. uh, and being the number one pick in the draft, the same as Trevor. It's, it's all, you know... I would equate that the same way I would the quarterback making a deep throw when there's two guys on the guy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, in a situation where you're struggling, mm-hmm. you know, I, you know, again, uh, you know, Trayvon is going to make plays during the course of the of the of year. But in right. that particular ball game, his name wasn't called very no, often. No. And, and I, I tweeted out after the game. Two number one overall picks, you basically would say are the reason they didn't win this football yeah, game. Yeah, you call you can call it out that way yeah. because there's a, they were certainly a big part of it. Right. There were other things now. Sure. 
you know, uh, but it, they were a big part of it for sure. All right. So as we kind of wrap this up and then we'll later in the week, we'll post some on social media where we're looking forward to going and taking on the Indianapolis Colts. That's a big, big, big ball game. But when you lose nine straight and even though it's a brand new coaching staff, a whole bunch of new players, how do you coach them out of that from this week to next week to say, I can imagine, you you know, short-term memory, forget about it. But how do you coach them out of this? I'm not a good one to ask that <laughs> of, to be honest with you, because, uh, I, you know, I, I never looked at those streaks. Mm-hmm. You know, I just said, hey, the only thing that matters next is next week. Okay, okay. You know, when you show up, if we do the same things we did in this ball game, we're going to be two and four mm-hmm. instead of two and three. But if we do these things and we do them correctly and you play within yourself and and uh, we get some things shored up when we get the opportunity to put points on the board, mm-hmm. you know, then we're going to be successful. I, I Streaks to me, I, you know, I, I guess there's something to it. But with this young football team, I, I don't think that that figured into this game at all. I yeah. just think we just didn't play as well as we needed to play in a game that we were able to possibly win at the end. Yeah, It's an absolute mystery, though, because the Houston Texans beat Urban Meyer a couple of times last year. They beat Doug Marone. They beat Gus Bradley. Uh, Bill O'Brien was there, and they were winning and were basically winning the AFC South. And then David Culley wins twice last year, and they fire him. And then they go and get Lovey, and Lovey's already one and zero. I see the chief one to chime in on this because with, I mean, the, with the exception of the 2019 Gardner Minshew game, yeah. where Jalen Ramsey and Doug right. Marone got in the the scuffle, and yeah. the which Jaguar, was in in Houston, that was in Houston. The Jaguars yeah. lost because they went for two at the end of the game, didn't get a loss by two. And then yesterday, mm-hmm. or sorry, Sunday, yeah. where that was a one possession game. Other than those two. They've murdered the Jaguars. Yeah. It hasn't even been close. Yeah, yeah. It's not like it's like a bunch of these one-score games where they barely... No. no. They they play the Jaguars right. twice a year, yeah. and they beat their ass yeah. every single Just time. To, and, and to be honest with you, that's why I look at it and say, they didn't kick our tail. Right. You know, we made mistakes. Yeah. And and the game was close. It's another one of those games that at the end, we could have won the football game. So right. the streak part of it... You know, if they're just blowing you out every year, then obviously they've got something on you. Sure, sure. But this is a new team, new quarterback, new yeah. coaching staff. This is we the just first play one, well enough to win. This is the first one where I felt like the the Jaguars lost, but they were the better team. Well, yeah, this yeah. is See, the first one exactly. in that entire streak where I felt yeah. that way. That's, and they were a better team than the, than the Commanders as well. So correct. That's the NFL. You correct. have to play that day, and you have to make plays when they're there. And not make bad. It's not how many good plays you make. Right. It's how many bad ones you avoid most of the but time. In this honestly, that, that's the head scratcher because there's hope now. The head scratcher is that there's there, this is a better football team, and so now Jaguar fan walks into the bank with hope. He thinks he's going to be able to cash in with, with a dub on Sunday. Obviously, that did not happen. Patience, ah, ah. patience. I know the fans, you know, they're listening, watching. Mm-hmm. Uh, that are not listening or watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those fans out there, patience to them yeah. is uh, we've had enough of it, right? And right. that's why there's frustration going in, but. Uh, I'm telling you, I've been through it. Mm-hmm. You know, with the with the way we went one and fifteen, seven and nine, eleven and five Super Bowl win with the Cowboys. Right. When we were one and fifteen, 
we had to be real patient, mm-hmm. believe me. Mm-hmm. And and good things will happen as long as you're doing the things that it takes to win. It'll yeah. be down the road. Yeah, it's tough. It really is. And, and look, I, I do think Doug Peterson is the right guy right now Correct. to get this franchise back. And I, I hope Trevor's the right guy right now. I believe he is. But both of those guys are going to have to feed off the other and get as much out of both of their skill sets. For and let's, to be let's forget the generational yeah. stuff. Let's just go now. game to game yeah. and and look at the improvement from game to game. Mm-hmm. And we need to see some more improvement from yeah. game to game. I think the thing that got me just based on that is you went from the Commanders game to the Colts game, right. and he looked lights out, money, good. Right. And then he, they go out to L.A., they win. Good. And then he's backed up a couple right. times since then. Right. So we'll see. We'll see. But to Coach's point, in, even in the two games that he looked good, did, they, did he ever look generational? No, or did no, he just no, look, no. He just looked sharp. Yeah. Yeah, he just looked good. Like we Correct. got, we got excited because he got he got over well, sixty five percent. Yeah, a lot of points. Yeah, and by the way, before we end, yeah, there were seven drops in the game. True. With True. those seven, if they were completed, he would have been at sixty eight percent. Now, it's the four or five plays that make the difference in the game. Right. It's not necessarily that completion percentage. It's the number. You know, do you make the plays when they're when they're there to give you a chance yeah, to win. And I know there were drops, but they didn't complete a pass to Christian Kirk until right before the half. Correct. And so that has to change. Yes. That definitely has to change. Uh, we're not changing. Uh, we're going to be here every week, Lil Campo and Joe. Uh, we will kick out on Instagram and on Facebook and Twitter some thoughts about the game coming up uh, probably later in the week yep. as we get ready for the Colts. A big thanks to Beaver Chevrolet. Don't forget, they're always here to wow you. Check out beaverchevrolet.com. Look at the SUVs, the trucks, the pickups, the economy, the sedans. Anything you want, you can find it at beaverchevrolet.com. We hope we wowed you today, Coach. Uh, we'll do it again next week. Absolutely. Thanks for watching and listening. Campo and Joe.